0: get real this is America WK with Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network
1: hello and welcome to America WK this is Andrew WK your friend and host thank you very much for being back with me once again Uh, I am most overjoyed that we have reached episode seven I'm actually a bit blown away that the show has continued on to this very day here we go we're 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 almost two months in to this new adventure i've never had my own radio show of course if you're listening to this uh, as the podcast i've never had my own podcast either this is a an entirely new experience for me and being a bit into it now i can say that it's uh, already exceeded all my expectations and i feel like a lot of that is due to you, to your listening, to your participation, to you being here with me, to have someone to talk with about life. Because that's what the show is about. It is about life. Uh, I guess since I'm living in the United States of America, it is coming from this perspective and I certainly identify with many of the founding ideals of America that is part of the reason for the name of the show being America W.K. But I hope that those ideals are actually fundamental, and I believe that is ideally what the country was founded on, fundamental human principles that we hope to be found everywhere that humans dwell. And in that way, we can lead, as we have for so long, the ever-growing and ever-expanding mission Uh, quest, really, to bring the fundamental rights to people everywhere uh, through their own accord, through our own efforts, really through our own freedom to discover those principles for ourselves. And that's uh, just an incredibly mind-expanding and encouraging concept right there, that freedom itself, as we've discussed before on this show, is the freedom to figure out what is really right and true. And I wanted to get right into that on today's show, this idea of what is true, the idea of truth. We're going to discuss that first, and I also would like to discuss the concept of mastery, of mastering parts of life. Uh, as we have gone over in past episodes, trying to establish some fundamental concepts, some of the primary Principles uh, that I think underlie a lot of life itself, and certainly a lot of what uh, I'm interested in. Uh, I'd like to go into some areas that we haven't covered uh, completely directly yet, and one of those is the uh, the idea of the body, the human body, the body as it exists, really in every uh, possible dimension: uh, the physical, the emotional the uh the spiritual the 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 vehicle that moves us uh and our mind around the the the, the space we inhabit the body we're going to talk about that and uh and probably if we have time and I'm guessing we will we'll also talk about the emotions now we've talked about that a bit in the past and about trying to master those uh, to the degree that they don't hold us back or distract us. But I wanted to get into that a little bit more because of some questions and some incredible, very insightful comments and feedback that have been left uh, for me by listeners, maybe by you. And uh, hopefully, again, you not only relate uh, and are, are finding this information useful, but hopefully also you can always increase my understanding of, With your feedback and your insights, please understand how grateful I am for your comments and, uh, your further discussions because it really does improve the quality of my understanding. And, uh, even if I didn't always agree with all the feedback, it would still be valuable. However, much to my delight, and I must admit to my somewhat surprise, uh, I actually have agreed with almost all the feedback, even some feedback that I didn't think I would necessarily agree with upon first sort of considering the ideas that were presented. But that's one of the things about uh, learning and growing is you end up actually confounding yourself. You end up changing your mind in ways that you never thought you could. You end up seeing things from different perspectives that you didn't even know were there to be seen from. And that's a good feeling. Uh, At least I enjoy it. Uh, I find that, 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 that the actual sensation of blowing my mind to be a very enjoyable feeling. It's actually probably my favorite feeling about life in general. It almost seems to help make life feel like it's worth living um, it, rather than just settling in to a comfortable and uh, predictable mode of thought. It really does physically feel pleasurable to shake it up, to tear away at what uh, we take for granted, to even get out of that comfort area and to really, really challenge our preconceptions or our understandings about life itself. And that gets into this idea of truth. And I think that the way I was planning on describing truth ties into this idea of changing one's mind very directly. Because when it comes to truth, I'm not really talking about truth in terms of facts. When we hear the word truth, uh, it, it often sort of reminds us of some type of factual information. A type of knowledge like we might learn through memorizing uh, facts and figures out of a textbook. But the type of truth that I'm really trying to get at is that ultimate One and only truth. Truth with a capital T. Which appears to be extraordinarily elusive. Uh, It's so elusive that it's hard to even define what it is we're looking for when we talk about this kind of truth. Again, we can say that science and industry and technology have brought us huge amounts of progress and created opportunities for insight and for exploration into versions of truth. Uh, The facts that we've uncovered and the sort of mathematical interpretations of the world have gotten us closer to what we might even call sort of a reflection of the truth. But we still have not really gotten towards anything that we could call the truth one and only. The fundamental answer that explains it all. And I don't even mean that in a scientific sense. Um, Quantum science and some of the more advanced fields of mathematics are looking for an equation that could sort of explain everything. I don't even know if that really is possible. Uh, There are paradoxes and sort of contradictions involved with that very idea. Because any kind of answer that explains all other answers has to also explain itself itself. And this is where something very strange starts to happen. The more we seem to look for truth of this sort, this kind of underlying meaning to everything, the more it seems to slip away, or at least to some degree. And it slips away in such a specific, precise uh, manner that it almost seems as though that slipping away may in fact be truth that the inability to locate this truth in this pinpointed, definitive way might actually be hinting at the nature of truth itself. Now, how can I explain that further? It sort of, again, involves this idea of a paradox. Uh, And one easy way, that's still very hard to kind of conceptualize, but it's easy to say, is that the truth is that there is no truth. And the way that statement cancels itself out might help illustrate the very nature of truth. This is America WK. We're going hardcore today. (laughs) I'll be right back.
0: America WK with Andrew WK, the undisputed king of partying. On the Blaze Radio Network. Buck Sexton. The IRS essentially looks at us and says, what are you going to do, cut our budget? You need us at that calculator. You want us on that calculator.
1: You're stuck with us. What are you going to do about it? You're going to cut our budget? We're going to make you wait longer on hold. You're going to cut our budget? You're not going to be able to get your questions answered about how you can avoid criminal penalties for not understanding the 70,000-plus page tax code." Buck Sexton.
0: Weekdays, noon to 2 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Listening to
1: America WK with Andrew WK. Welcome back to America WK. We were talking about the mind-bending, paradoxical nature of truth—truth with a capital T—the one and only truth. Now, out of respect for anyone, uh, perhaps even you, who may actually feel as though they are in possession of truth or have experienced truth, I am not here to say you haven't. Uh, I may be envious of the fact that you have encountered this. Um, But I don't doubt that there are some people amongst us uh, throughout history and maybe even up to the present day that have some grasp, or certainly a deeper grasp of truth than I do. I think that probably people that are very involved in religion and spiritual pursuits, sort of uh, philosophy of life in general, these people seem to have the... Tools with which to encounter truth more than someone who is completely ambivalent to those ideas or those aspects of life. I mean, it takes an effort to go after this kind of understanding. If you're interested in truth, which it seems kind of hard not to be interested in, there are ways to encounter it or to at least uh, facilitate our eventual encounter. It might be one of those situations where Sort of like with baseball, you can't hit a home run if you're not up at the plate and trying to swing. And if you're interested in hitting the ball out of the park, you at least have to give yourself that chance. Those pitches go by very fast. There's curveballs and all kinds of special pitches that uh, are very difficult to hit. But certainly, even as difficult as they are, they're even more difficult to hit when we're not even standing with a bat in our hands at the plate. So I guess it's facilitating a mindset that allows us to maybe someday if we're lucky or if we're worthy of it or if just by some kind of sheer effort and willpower we're able to encounter this truth, then all that effort will have been worth it. But even if we don't encounter it, I think there's something about playing baseball basically, being on the plate, swinging, going for it, uh, trying to encounter truth with a capital T, the one and only truth of life, and not even just the meaning of life, but the answer of all answers, the, the core origin of experience to fathom that to experience it directly, who wouldn't want to, I mean, maybe there is someone out there who doesn't, maybe there's a lot of people that don't, cause it is a very overwhelming Idea, But it seems very intrinsic to the human experience to want to understand. It almost seems like it's part of what makes a human being a human being is this desire to go deeper. Uh, And it actually takes quite a bit of effort to deny that curiosity, to push that out of our heads, to stop ourselves from wondering. It almost takes more effort to try to become ignorant in that regard than it does to just... Quietly move forward pursuing some sort of understanding. Uh, People complain all the time that society is getting dumber or that we're moving away from core principles. I don't know that that's true. I, I certainly sympathize for people who are frustrated with certain aspects of culture and civilization. It's understandable. But I I don't know that humanity can actually exist at all without being bound up in one way or, or, or another with going after truth. And here's a very interesting aspect to truth again itself. Why is truth, assuming that it does exist, assuming that there is some underlying truth to everything... And again, it's very hard to even imagine what that could be like. It it could be what someone might call God. That is a very, very good way to describe this rather indescribable idea of truth. It could be, again, some kind of fundamental answer that gives answers to all other questions instantaneously. It could be some kind of quality, much like a, a color or a sound or a texture that somehow informs all other qualities. It's very difficult to describe what this one and only core truth might be. But why, if it is so fundamental, and why if, assuming there is a truth that underlies all other experiences, why is it hidden like this? Why isn't it just completely known from the moment you're born? Why wouldn't the most basic uh, aspect of existence be immediately exposed to you upon emerging into the world? What is it about truth that inherently seems to be wrapped up in secrecy or confusion or veil upon veil of of, of obscurity? Why is it so hard to get at? That is very, very strange. And it, it doesn't seem like the answer is that it's just an accident, that it's just meant to be that way by accident. It seems that truth might have a very good reason For being hidden in the way that it is. And maybe it's not even really hidden, uh, at least in the way that we would normally think of something being hidden. Maybe it's not obscured like, uh, you know, in a dark shadowy place out of sight. Maybe it's almost the opposite. It's so present and so in front of us that it's almost hard to recognize because it's right there. Sort of like uh, it's difficult to see the air for example it's all around us we can't see atomic structures with our own naked eyes but they're all around us it's hard to even sort of fathom or really consider the fact that everything we're interacting with is made up of very small parts of particles of energy but we realize that's the case but these things are very fundamental and it's hard to kind of keep them in mind as we're moving around well maybe this underlying truth is something very similar to that. It's so close to us and so familiar that it's difficult to get enough distance to examine it and, and get perspective on it. But maybe even beyond that, it's something even more, I think, interesting. Maybe the reason that truth is so hard to come by or that we have to go after it with such con- uh, c- committed purpose, this sort of uh, uh, journey of searching, is because That's how we grow. That's how we learn. That's how we become a person that gives meaning to life. Maybe it's sort of like, uh, you know, without a better example in mind, when you dangle a carrot in front of a very hungry bunny rabbit, that bunny rabbit's going to go after that carrot. Maybe the truth is our carrot, and there's something about striving for it that gives a purpose, a structure, uh, a point to our life that we have to go through this, this search this great effort to become worthy of encountering it now for all we know maybe the truth is revealed upon your death Uh, if you cross over into some other version of reality maybe again people get it uh, you know much sooner before that maybe sometimes you you've encountered truth and you don't even realize it until later but maybe the fact that it's hidden and that we have to search for it perpetually is a kind of truth and maybe even that is truth itself the search for truth is truth and in that way the concept of the truth is that there is no truth wraps around in this nice paradoxical way that keeps things moving it keeps it bouncing it keeps it spiraling it's never resting this is America
0: WKWF This is America WK with Andrew WK. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Mike Slater. You see how the government policies caused this, right? The government policies that resulted in joblessness. Government welfare programs that have led to dependence. This leads to increased drug use. This leads to more gangs. This leads to dangerous communities. We have government policies that have replaced the father. All of this caused by government. And then the government comes in and says, oh, look at all of you. You're a mess. Mike Slater. Saturdays at 3 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Restoring your faith in humanity through the power of positive partying. This is America WK with Andrew WK.
1: Welcome back to America WK. This is Andrew WK. We've been talking about truth, or rather, trying to talk about truth. It's rather difficult to talk about truth. We talked about this idea that truth in itself is difficult to get at, probably for a very good reason. Not because we're not worthy of it, not because it's beyond our grasp or our understanding, but that the ultimate truth of life is meant to be searched for and that perhaps searching for truth is truth. It's, 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 it's sort of like saying that uh, as you're living life, our goal isn't just to get to death. The point of life isn't to die. Our point is to go through the process of getting towards death and have that process actually be the most important thing of all life because someone let's say an alien species that somehow doesn't experience what we think of as mortal death they don't have a, a physical body in the same way or they don't eventually perish in the way that we sort of imagine our life cycle to work let's say they came down they might think oh well the whole reason that these creatures these humans are born is so that they can work up towards death I mean and in a way that is unfortunately what some of us end up sort of getting stuck with but clearly the point of life is we're not working as hard as we can to, to get to death we're trying to in many ways stave that off for as long as possible and to extract as much actual life before death occurs and I think again, if we're looking at truth as this some as this this intangible or or very slippery concept that is not easy to grasp, not easy to understand, maybe not even easy to experience, maybe that is actually truth. I mean, it's hard for me to even explain this or even understand it myself. But just that the idea that the, the journey is the destination. That's the best way to say it. You've probably heard that saying before that may be what truth actually is the search for truth that there is no actual truth because if there was one truth and let's say it took you know a few years to find it let's say everyone was just immediately aware of it upon being born or let's say it took a lifetime to find it once it was known there would be no more search there would be no more point to really doing anything. I mean, perhaps we could revel in the grandeur and glory of experiencing and knowing that truth forever. But eventually, the, the, the kind of motivation or the momentum or the inertia, the push to go for something, to go towards the unknown, to go after something, that would all be lost. Maybe the human experience is so bound up in going after something that truth in itself is bound up in that going after, in the search, in the pursuit. I got to thank you as always, as I'm wrestling with my own mind, I guess, and and these concepts, which are really above everybody. I mean, certainly above me. They're meant to be because there's something to strive for. It's good to have things that are beyond our grasp. I, I, I think sometimes in all our abilities and all our achievements it's it's important to remember that we really don't know anything we know a fraction of a shadow of a reflection of an illusion and that's not bad that's better than nothing but uh there's a reason that these things are meant to be tantalizing and out in front of us they're to keep us going and i must admit sometimes more recently with all the progress in technology and in science there has been this sense that uh that some people think that we've kind of got it all figured out, that we've sort of answered all the hard questions and all the hard work is done. And now we get to just not really kick back, but sort of just take pride in how far we've come. Well, we've really not come very far at all in terms of the most pressing problems that we're facing. We actually have more problems than perhaps ever before. And many of those problems are, in fact, due to the exact kind of progress that we like to be so proud of while we're congratulating ourselves on all this achievement we realize that many of these achievements have thrown us into more dilemmas than we've ever faced before or more potentially threatening dilemmas and so we shouldn't really get too overconfident or too arrogant we should stay very humbled and realizing that we don't even know some of the very foundations of what's even happening in terms of existence should be humbling We don't know what life really is, and that's okay. But we should keep trying to figure it out, even though it's difficult, even though you end up kind of rambling like I am doing right now. This, to me, this should be our our main focus, or it should be amidst our other priorities. But it doesn't need to be on the back burner, and it doesn't need to be uh, frustrating or thought of as an inconvenience. We are all uh, deserving of dedicating ourselves to these fundamental ideas. And even if we don't get anywhere near them, even if we don't feel like we're even qualified to search for them, I think just by being a human person in the world, we are part of them. More than just obligated, we are the situation. So we kind of are engaged in it whether we like it or not we'll get back into this concept of truth I would like actually to do a whole episode about it and I only brought it up now just because it was on my mind right before this episode started but with that in mind I'd love to hear your thoughts on truth I think that religion is probably the most useful tool in terms of encountering and experiencing truth that humans have devised. Uh, I think that it it in itself is sort of like a lens. Religion or spiritual pursuits are a lens with which to focus and find this truth. Uh, And it's very wonderful that we have such a rich history of religion to guide us, in those pursuits. Science is another way of getting at truth and in fact if we go back far enough we can see that science and religion at one time were more or less the same thing. Uh, They were not divided as though they were uh, two separate disciplines, they were one discipline which was the search for truth. And many of the scientific disciplines that we take for granted now as having nothing to do with spirit or with religion that we t- consider completely material really emerged out of the spiritual plane of existence. And, and, and it's actually amazing to realize that everything that human beings have ever done or achieved or thought of or discovered, it's all emerged from within us. It's all come out Of that same part of us that is looking for answers looking for truth and however you want to define that or categorize it it's all still this incredible desire to comprehend to get deeper in to provide ourselves with a better understanding of what we're actually engaged in so please tell me your thoughts on truth? Ha, have you encountered it? Ha, have you figured it out? Um, have you developed a way to think about it even without having it figured out that allows you to appreciate it? Because it can be very overwhelming and it, it's, it's, it's understandable that sometimes you just don't want to think about this kind of stuff. But how have you thought of this idea of truth with a capital T? The fundamental reality beyond everything else. It may not be something that any human being ever really can fully explain or experience, but only dream of. But maybe again, that dream of truth is truth itself. This is America WK. We'll be right back. A lot more to get into. (laughs)
0: This is America WK, hosted by Andrew WK, on the Blaze Radio Network. Matt Walsh. There's this situation in uh, McKinney. I don't want to harp on your interpretation or my interpretation of how the cop acted because I think there's a larger point we've come to expect this kind of behavior from teenagers and we excuse it. We need to place some blame here even if you think the cop should be fired and stoned to death in public I still think this point is something you should agree with. Matt Walsh Available on demand anytime at theblaze.com slash radio This is America WK with Andrew WK. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Welcome back to America WK. This is Andrew WK. We just uh, sort of wrapped up um, a very preliminary discussion of truth. The idea of a fundamental core truth to existence, to life, to reality. Truth with a capital T. And I ended with The idea that perhaps searching for truth is a type of truth in itself, and that maybe truth is meant to be elusive for some type of good reason, even if it's just to encourage us to look for it. Think about that, and please, again, give me your feedback. I want to hear your ideas about truth, about this concept, the concept of all concepts. Uh, I mentioned, though, that today I wanted to talk about more than just truth. I wanted to talk about the body. And it's been on my mind because my whole body is a bit sore right now. (laughs) Uh, In case you couldn't tell, I'm not sure if you could hear it in my voice. I have been what has been described as uh, under the weather. I'm not proud of this. In fact, I'm very ashamed of it. I really have never liked admitting when I haven't been feeling top notch. And there's several reasons for that. Um, I won't even use the word sickness or ill. I don't like to even say that, uh, even to myself in private. Um, but I'm telling you this now, one, to try to encourage a little more vulnerability in myself to, to let go of that kind of pride in uh, never feeling less than 100%, but also just to get into this topic of the body. And what it is, I actually thought. Now, trying to extract meaning and look for significance in all areas of life, that maybe I was meant to feel a little run down, just to inspire me to discuss this with you on today's show. And whether that's true or not, I'm going to interpret that that way. To try to get some some use out of these lousy feelings. Uh, so, I'm a rock and roll musician. That is probably my main skill. If I have a trade, you know, a, a particular craft, being a rock and roll singer and keyboard player is my main offering. Uh, I would like to think like all of us, we have many things that we can do. Um, and perhaps the best thing that we can develop, the best skill is just being a good person. But through other activities like uh, learning how to play keyboard or something like that for me, uh, through those activities, you actually help develop these other less tangible skills like being a good person. So anyway, I, I just completed a string of rock and roll concerts around the U.S., here where I played keyboard and sang and danced my little heart out, and uh, it's brutal. It really is brutal. Now, that is completely my own doing, or rather I should say the doing of the music, because the style of rock and roll that I've chosen to play, or rather that I have been meant to play, is this very high-energy very, very intense style. It's very cheerful. It is very uplifting. It's very happy. I would say it's a very positive type of music, but it still is very, very, very intense. Uh, and that's really actually my main style in general. I like things in life that are very high energy and very intense. That doesn't always mean loud. It doesn't always mean violent. It doesn't always mean chaotic or crazy. You can have something that's very uh, uh, almost Calm in its intensity. I think that uh, the, the topics we cover on this radio show are very intense, even though I'm not going, now, if I did that the entire show, it, it could be notable, maybe entertaining. It, I would probably have fun doing it, but there's uh, different times and different places for different types of behavior to achieve different ends. And the end, That I want to achieve with you on the show is a kind of understanding, a kind of communication, a kind of penetrating uh, exploration of the main aspects of being alive. But with music, there's different ends that we're trying to get there. For me, I'm trying to develop energy, uh, a physical energy, and I really get that through music. And I don't mean it in terms of mood. This is um, something I I hope you can relate to, because I wish everyone could experience music in that physical way I think most people do meaning that when I listen to a song I like uh, it's not just an idea in my head it's not just a mood in my head or even in my heart. it's a complete physical reaction your entire body your skin your bones your muscles all become part of this physical pleasure this is America WK. We're talking about the body and music. will be right back. A party for
0: being alive. This is America WK with Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss the morning blaze
1: with Doc and Skip. But I'll just put it on my credit card because I'm going to pay with credit cards. Everybody just throw money down here because everybody else is whatever. Okay, great. When you How? end up getting the money, it never it's adds always short. up. It's always, short. it's always short. It's always short. And I'm like, okay, who well, did in fact do it? Here's the, the worst thing is everybody two promises. Oh, I put in my $10. Oh, I put in my $12. Oh, I put, and then there is Someone's lying. Right? Yes.
0: The morning blaze with Doc and Skip. Weekday mornings 6 to 9 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. This is a no-holds-barred celebration of being alive. America WK, with your friend and mine, Andrew WK, on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: All right, America WK, thank you very much for being with me. This is Andrew WK, and we've been talking about the body. I was specifically talking about my body's reaction to being a rock and roll performer, singing and bashing on a keyboard piano, and throwing myself around on the stage for the last 15 years. It has been extremely physically challenging, but also extremely physically pleasurable. I don't think there's ever been a concert or a show or any type of performance I've done where I wasn't completely drenched in sweat, uh, well, probably even by the third or fourth song. It's something particular about that style of high energy music and that's the kind that i always wanted to make just very intense but very uplifting energizing music almost just raw energy energy that you can sort of take and use however you want to use it i had would like it to be uplifting and to be cheerful and that's certainly the sound of the music at least in my opinion i'm sure someone could hear it and think it sounds quite Well, disgusting in many ways, but I want this to be the sound of joy, but with a lot of energy behind it, like amplified joy. And I brought up this idea of sort of physical feeling because, as I admitted, I haven't been physically feeling that well. Uh, The travel schedule, the brutality of the shows, pushing one's body day in, day out with very little rest at times, I mean, these things take a toll and your body will react. And I normally don't like to talk about that or admit that because I don't uh, like often to show signs of weakness or I've had bad experiences where I did admit to feeling run down and then had it sort of used against me in a malicious way. But I'm telling you this, one, to challenge myself to go out of that comfort zone, to not keep everything private like that, to show some vulnerability, but mainly to help illustrate a point. For example, since this episode began, I have felt better and better and better the more that we've talked uh, right up to this point. In fact, actually at this point, much like at a rock and roll show, I'm pretty sweaty. I'm feeling my shirt right now, and it is, it's is—it's a thin t-shirt, but it is soaked through, at least in the front. Uh, my hind quarters and uh, short pant underwear uh, is soaked through. I won't examine that um, firsthand right now out of respect for you and my own body, I suppose, but uh, I am sweating, and I'm feeling good. There is something healing about talking with you right now, And I've mentioned that before, that this is very therapeutic for me. Talking with you about life feels good to me in a way that confirms beyond any type of doubt that I am supposed to be doing this. Not that I even should do it or that I, uh, you know, should want to do it, but that I have to do it. Like this is saving my life. And I really mean that. It's not just uh, a great opportunity for me. It's not just fun for me. It is helping me exist and perhaps in an almost a, a crucial way. Uh, and I, in that regard, cannot thank you enough for being part of it because realizing that I'm talking to you is a lot different than just sitting by myself and thinking in my own head about these things. This is uh You know, again, just a a, a tremendous privilege. I hope that in some way this show, being part of it with you here, gives you something. Now, I wouldn't expect you to be soaked with sweat right now necessarily, uh, especially in your hindquarters. I really actually wouldn't wish anyone to necessarily feel that. I'm sitting on a vinyl seat. The, The padding on the seat is vinyl, And it does not breathe very much. As well, my short pants um, underwear have a high quantity of synthetic materials, which I think, which doesn't make any sense, but I think it was supposed to be athletic underwear to help wick away moisture. That's what it says, moisture wicking on the label. But it just seems completely contrary to common sense that plastic thread would somehow wick away. It just seems like it builds up the moisture. It helps to condense the sweat, helps to bind the sweat back to the tissue, uh, your skin, your flesh. Anyway, uh, even if you're not sweating, I hope you're getting something healing from all, the, all this show. Uh, the point is, even if it's not f- from this show, there are sometimes these kinds of challenging physical experiences that actually improve the quality of our life. And that's this idea of health and the body. Because I have found pretty much in almost every case that I've ever felt what might be described as sick or ill or under the weather, just not feeling that great, rather than sort of laying down and resting. And I by no means am I saying that everyone should do this. I'm just telling you what I do or what I've experienced. Rather than resting, I have found that pushing myself through the, the 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 bad feeling or engaging in some type of high intensity physical effort has actually healed me time and time and time again now that is not for everybody and there certainly have been many cases where i absolutely had to rest I mean, there was times I had to go to the hospital and get put on iVs for things like severe vomiting and stuff like that. I mean you, there are certain exceptions to this, but i 'm talking more about that sort of general rundown feeling uh, I really do believe there's healing power in that kind of activity, and actually it's not that strange when you think about it, not that hard to understand. Uh, when you get a fever, for example, and your body gets really hot and you end up sweating a lot, there's you know, an automatic cause for that, your body trying to burn out whatever this bad stuff is inside. I have gone on stage to play a show with a full-blown fever. Uh, I mean, again, this wasn't an ideal situation, but I wasn't going to cancel the show or anything. And I can tell you by the End of the show, literally walking off stage, I was 100% recovered. To my own amazement, I did, You know, in the early days when these things would happen, I would just think it was a fluke, or maybe it wouldn't even really dawn upon uh, my mind at the time that, that I felt better. But there was a few moments where I really, really, really felt bad. And I didn't think I would be able to play the show. I mean, just the idea of, of laying down And resting was actually challenging. Just just doing any existing at all was painful. uh, With that type of sort of you know illness, probably just a a basic flu or something. But there are times when you have to rise above that. I mean, of course, we could cancel the show. But uh, when there's a room full of people there that came to party with me, that is really not an option. I mean, it doesn't feel like an option. I feel what it is, is I have something more important to do than be ill at that moment. And that sometimes is what your body will say. Okay, I guess we really can't be ill right now. And uh, there's something about then going and playing that high intensity, uplifting power party music being in a room full of friends, thrashing all around, pushing yourself—it just—it—it—it it, it, it surged the illness away, and within ten minutes of being backstage afterwards and sort of drying off, waiting for that bad feeling, that illness to sink back in, it was gone. Much to my amazement. Now again, I am not a medical doctor. I really have no training in anything. I have no idea really what, what I'm talking about. But sometimes rather than resting, pushing yourself and giving yourself a reason uh, to to have to rise above is an um, incredibly healing type of power. Your your body will really do what it thinks it has to do for you. And when you give it a purpose or a mission like partying for people with people, uh, it's amazing what it will do. We're going to get much deeper into the body. This is America WK. Thank you so much. Don't go away.
0: You're listening to America WK with Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo. When you live by the sword, you die by the sword. All your class warfare. Once you reach the top of the heap, oh, guess what? You made a living out of demonizing success and people working hard and building up wealth. Now that Mrs. Clinton has some, oh, she makes an obscene, Bill makes an obscene amount of money. Obscene. Some would say immoral. Chris Salcedo, Saturdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern, on The Blaze Radio Network. The king of partying himself, your friend and mine, Andrew W.K.
1: Welcome back to America W.K. This is Andrew W.K. Again, I was saying thank you so much, so much for being with me on this show. I hope that is always evident, even when I'm struggling a bit or losing track of where we are. I never lose track of my gratitude for you being with me on this show. It, it is is I think about it all day, every day. Doing this show has changed my life. And that's what I was just talking about in terms of physical well-being, in terms of the body. Even going into the show today, I admit, and I'm not, again, that comfortable sometimes with even admitting this, but I didn't feel that well. However, I felt extraordinarily confident that despite feeling physically run down, That doing the show, being on the radio with you, talking about life, was going to make me feel better. And I can already say here, you know, not even halfway through or whatever, halfway through the show, I feel almost 100% better. It's incredible. And I thank you for that. And and please, what do you have in your life that you can count on in that way? I'm a big believer, of course, in music, as we've been talking about as a... a piano player and singer that's one thing but even listening to music even thinking about music that you love can make you physically feel better and again it's not your mood it's not just your thoughts your body you can feel music throughout your entire being even more than your body uh it's almost like the what they call i guess your your aura the the the, the part around you That uh, sort of is part of your body, but but hovers just outside of it. Maybe that's part of your spirit. Uh, It seems like even that is improved by these incredibly uplifting uh, powers. And music definitely is one of those. Love, kindness, friends, family, laughter, playing, playing. Not playing music specifically, playing in general. Playing music counts, of course, but playing. How often do you just get to play around? Just dance around, joke around, play around. Doing something that has no purpose or point besides doing it for the joy of doing it. Uh, When we were children, that was almost all life was. And then at some point, maybe we were told or taught or we came to believe for whatever reason that playing wasn't important. Or even worse, that playing was bad playing was irresponsible, or playing was a waste of time, or playing wasn't a grown-up, mature pastime. Playing is crucial. Playing can save your life. Playing can put uh, perspective and reprioritize all types of situations very easily. I actually consider doing this show with you a, a bit of play because all it is is about trying to be excited about life. I mean, there's work that is involved in it, but those pieces of work are a means to an end, and the end is to facilitate this joyous, playful state of mind. And you can take that very seriously as well. It's not something that a play doesn't have to be flippant. It can be very, very passionate, very dedicated, very focused, very serious about that type of fun. Because it's not a fun that takes you away from things. It's not a type of fun that is mindless. It's not a type of fun that is an escape. It's actually a type of fun that brings us deeper into life, that uh, faces uh, life. It allows us to penetrate what really matters with uh, a, a kind of courage that we might not otherwise have if we weren't having so much fun. So let's get deeper into this idea of the body. Because it goes beyond just sort of physical health or physical sensation. What is the body? I mean, if we really just break it down to the most simple definition, it is a vehicle that allows us to experience the world. If we really break it down in a more deliberate way, we can say that the body is this incredible confluence of particles that have come together uh, by the grace of a miraculous force to actually construct a being with which we get to exist or through which we get to exist. Or perhaps our existence is within that body and allows the body to exist. And this is one of the first sort of puzzles that we come to when we think about the body is Are we the body, or is the body us? Meaning, what is it that makes you, you, and is that found in your body, or is that found within your body apart from it? Well, if we look at what happens when someone is born, it seems at first as though this being, this little baby, emerged all in one piece and that their spirit and mind and soul, their essence, their self, the thing that is intangible but undeniably them, came right with the body, and that it was always bound up in the body, and that without the body, that self, that essence of person maybe really wouldn't exist. But that might not be the case, and we can examine that actually at death. Because we can see that maybe when someone dies and the body isn't really movable or functioning, not really working in the traditional sense, it's because that self, that essence, that being, left the body, isn't present in the body. It's that the body needs this being, this person, to inhabit it, to allow it to exist. But certainly there very reliant on one another we don't really know we have many theories about what happens before and after a body comes into formation before all these particles come together to form this shape that we call human being there is an idea that this 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 shape is just sort of a container for this being's essence and that it comes in sort of drops in at birth finds this fresh, nice organization of particles that it can dwell inside of, and then it takes off and leaves once that body is more or less worn out and goes and finds another one. Now, whether you believe that or not, or whether you you even find it interesting or not, we can still benefit from sometimes thinking of the body as this container, this vehicle that provides us with all these incredible abilities uh, to help further the desires and the, the dreams and the aspirations of this inner intangible essence, this essence that doesn't necessarily have any physical attributes. The body allows us to exist physically in this material plane, and the spirit is the part of us that exists in the intangible, immaterial plane. So it's this great combo of the best of both worlds. We're talking about the body, it's America WK. Holy cow, let's keep it going, I'll be right back. This is America
0: WK with Andrew WK. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss Pat and Stu. Rick Perry, in, you feel like in his prime to run for president. He has a really, really good record as far as economics and of the state that he comes from. Um, and, you know, he deserves to be seriously considered. You add that onto the fact that basically the only thing that happened was he fluffed debate questions. Right. I mean, there were a couple of other things. Right. You've got to run a better campaign. Pat and Stu, weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Now, the king of partying himself, your friend and mine, Andrew W.K.
1: America W.K., Andrew W.K., we're talking about the body. And you're just sort of establishing some fundamental theories in terms of the self or the being, the person, the you, the, 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 the phenomenon of, of, of consciousness or personality that inhabits an otherwise physical body. Now, again, some argue that these things are completely dependent on one another. They're completely wrapped up in one another. They're inseparable. There is no difference between sort of our mind and our essence and our body. It's all one thing. But that creates a few little problems. And one of those problems is that if we over-identify with our body, we start to mistake what is perhaps most important about what that body allows us to do. I think a good way to examine this is to think about cars. Eh, I think about cars a lot. I drive a fair amount, but I've always just found cars and driving and roads and the way that part of the world seems to impact us uh, to be very interesting. And we've talked about it before, but we've never really talked about this. And I just thought of it now. Cars are a way to transport ourselves. And let's just set aside the concern of whether or not a body and our mind are one or or separate. Let's just look at it as a, a person. A person, their mind and body, is getting into a car that car then becomes a vehicle to move that body from place to place. Now, everyone, first and foremost, can appreciate the functionality of that car. The ability for it to, to not only contain us, but to transport us. You, hopefully, in relative safety, we can carry other stuff in the car. We can even carry other people in the car. But initially, the car was like a cart or any kind of uh, you know, transportation device that got us from point a to point B. Now, because cars are very, um, you know, interesting and very impressive and they have a lot of uh, uh variations in their style and their price and their functionality, we can start to get very wrapped up in all the different things about all these different cars. In fact, we can sort of start to forget that the car's main point is to transport us. We can start to get very excited about the shape of the car, about the styling. Or about the type of car, about the brand name, or the specific uh, model. We can get very excited about the interior, what kind of sound system it has. Does it have TV screens? Is it leather? We can get very protective of all of the physical aspects of this car. The car may run just fine. It may be able to get us from point A to point B extraordinarily well and very reliably. But we become more concerned, not so much with that, but about whether there's a scratch- On the paint, we begin to over identify with the car in terms of all these secondary, perhaps what some would call superficial aspects of the car. If the car's main point and purpose is to transport our body, then why do these things matter that aren't involved in that particular task? Well, that's, of course, just an example. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being completely obsessed with cars in any capacity. That's, you know, uh, to each their own. I think cars are very exciting. I love amazing radical cars. I love customized cars. I don't know that much about them, but this is certainly not meant to be a criticism of that. It's just meant to illustrate this idea because I think much like cars contain us when we drive around, I think sometimes... Our body contains us as we move around. And I think sometimes we either over-identify or under-identify with that body in terms of what it contains and and, and containing our essence. So someone maybe who has a car, you'll see that their car is very run down. And maybe they don't really care that much about it because it is getting them from point A to point B. It's, you know, not in very good condition at this point point. Maybe it's not even that old of a car, but uh, it hasn't been washed in a long time. I can certainly relate to that personally. Maybe there's a a lot of garbage that's piled up uh, from, you know, maybe eating in the car and it's just sort of strewn everywhere. There's magazines and old mail stuffed into the dashboard. The whole car has sort of fallen into a state of, of disarray. But Again, it is still getting from point A to point B, but after a while, all of a sudden, the car starts to not perform so well, and perhaps the extra weight from all this garbage and junk that's been stored in the car is starting to actually have a negative impact. I mean, maybe the person driving the car has never really cared what other people thought of it. And if it, the car was you know, a bit rusty or just looked kind of junky, that didn't really matter to them because they were m- mainly interested in just the car functioning to get them from point A to point B. But all of a sudden, the sort of disregard for any of the other aspects of the car started to have a little bit of an impact. They hadn't taken the car to the shop, to get fixed up. They hadn't gotten new tires in a long time. They hadn't gotten the oil changed. They hadn't been using good fuel. They've been barely putting any fuel in it. Maybe the car broke down on the highway at one point. Maybe it got hit from poor driving. Maybe because they couldn't see that well because of all the garbage piled inside the car. So we can see how that starts to impact the ability for the car to even function. On the flip side, someone who is overly concerned about the beauty of the car can begin to get distracted. Maybe they don't even drive the car anymore because they're so worried about it getting scratched. Little do they know that actually having it sit in the garage for month after month, even year after year, despite having a dust rag over it, a protective cover, uh, it starts to rot in its own different way from a lack of use, from being overly uh, cared for for, for, for having no f- chance to function in its actual designed way. It, the car wants to be driven. It's good for the car to take you from point A to point B, trying to beautify the car to all these great extents, then barely using it because you don't want it to get damaged. So I think despite these being somewhat awkward comparisons, not the best illustrations, we can see how the way we look at our own body and how it is a vehicle for our soul, essentially, how we can get caught up in some of these same traps. And there is some kind of perfect blend or balance between not overprotecting the body and also not completely disregarding and abusing the body. And the greatest part about the body, you know, certainly more so than a car or really any other object is that the body is the one thing perhaps in life more than anything else that I can think of besides maybe our thoughts. And that's, we're going to get into it in a different episode. This body is something that we actually do have control over. Maybe the only thing in our life actually that we have some amount of control over direct control. And if there's one thing that we tend to like as people, it is control. We want to have control because we feel like we can get some kind of stability or security or some sort of semblance of comfort uh, in consistency by having control. And of course, a body is, again, sort of its own thing. It functions in its own way. Uh, Thankfully, you know, it's out of our control to a great degree. We don't have to always remind ourselves to breathe or our heart to beat. It sort of is in control of itself but we do have this uh, incredible close relationship with it that allows us to uh, have influence over it more than really any other part of life. This, again, is, is a fantastic thing and also a very intimidating thing. We're talking about the body. It's America WK. Thank you for being with me. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
0: This is America WK featuring Andrew WK. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show.
1: If you don't know what Tinder is, look it up. It's a dating app, okay? And trust me
0: when I tell you, um, it's more of a get-together for a short period of time
1: right now at 2 a.m. in the morning when I'm really drunk. App.
0: The Jeff Fisher Show. Saturday morning, 6 to 8 Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. The undisputed king of Party invites you to a no holds barred celebration of being alive. This is America WK with Andrew WK.
1: Welcome back to America WK. This is Andrew WK. We're talking about the body. We just talked about how the body is the vehicle for our soul. It's this incredible, really a miracle. There is nothing else that we have ever created or, or barely even come across in all of nature and all of technology that is as remarkable as the human Being the human body, the human mind. Now, of course, that's easy for us to say or easy for me to say because I am a human being. So, of course, I'm going to think it's the greatest thing ever. But we can certainly marvel at how detailed and spectacular the design is of this thing. And we have one of our very own. I mean, it is incredible. No matter what shape or size you are, no matter how your genetics came into being. Any, even any version of the human body is still a, a, a really stupefying example of a physical miracle. It is just absolutely incredible. And the fact that we each have been given one to, to work with, to use, to, to allow ourselves to exist is incredible. And it's something that's hard to keep in mind, again, because it's so close to us. We're so connected in this way, so bound up in the idea that we are our body, that we can forget that it's this tool, this vehicle for our soul that allows us to experience reality as we know it, the world, day-to-day life. So I would never tell anyone how they should treat their body. That's for each of us to figure out and choose on Our own but it is something to keep in mind because it is the one thing that is truly ours it is the only thing that really belongs to us that we have control over or that we have the ability to influence directly it is ours and that's why it really is not my business or anyone else's to tell you how you should treat your body take care of your body make your body look or not look Looking is really about the, the least important thing when it comes to bodies, in my opinion. I mean, there's arguments about sort of you know, evolutionary impulses, uh, ratios of beauty and all that. That to me seems very secondary to the functioning of the body, that this is, uh, again, this incredible apparatus that allows us to move around in the world and once we think of it like that, or once I started thinking of my body like that, it just, I, I, to be honest, I was completely humbled. I kind of was broken down in a way. Um, I felt actually quite mortified and sad that I had ever done anything to abuse my body. You know, ever ingested anything that wasn't that would hurt it. Uh, I sort of saw this body now as like a a little child um, that was being led around by my mind uh, whether it liked it or not and sometimes not being treated very nicely or with very much care or respect. Um, and this wasn't some kind of like health kick or it wasn't some kind of, I don't know, some kind of new passion to, 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 you know, always treat your body great. It was this realization that I had this, unbelievable friend with me all the time that would do whatever I wanted it to do as best it could. And I was just sort of taking it for granted, and kicking it around and hurting it all in all kinds of ways. Uh, and sometimes it hasn't really changed my behavior very much, but it certainly changed the way I thought about it. This body is a gift. Your body is a gift. We have to do everything we can to use it for the best possible purposes, to make life good, to to show it respect, to show that we're worthy of having it. And however you want to approach that, uh, just something to keep in mind. Uh, You should never feel bad about your body because all it is is your vehicle. And whatever we have the ability to do to keep that vehicle of life in the best performing shape that it can be in, we might as well try because it's going to perish eventually anyway. It is going to run down and die and then our spirit and soul will go on into some other form or who knows what will happen. But while we're here now, just realize that's one of the keys to mastering this existence and to become worthy of it is to master the body and at least not completely trash it, just to at least become aware of it as this gift, this beautiful, unbelievable, miraculous collection of parts. This has been America WK. Thank you from the bottom of my heart and my body. Take care. This is America WK with Andrew
0: WK. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.